those of y'all who don't know, I have Eric Compost with me today, um, and he's going to share it a little bit about where he's at in ministry. He's been in ministry just about as long as I have. Um, we actually uh, kind of got saved around the same time, gave our lives yeah. to Christ around the same time. Uh, so he's been in ministry for 13 years and still going. Uh, Eric Compost, he, he right out of high school, completed a ministry internship in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then he also got his associates in ministry. And after completing uh, uh, that schooling, he was a children's pastor for four years. Man, that's like, that's really, a, it takes good soul <laughs> to yeah, start, man. start ministry. Just been climbing children's... up the ladder. Yeah, dude. <laughs> to start ministry uh, as a children's pastor, that takes a good heart. And then four, after four years of doing that, he's now been a youth pastor for five years, going on six. And he was recently married. Um, yep. How's that been, Eric? How's it been being a newlywed? Dude, it's been good. So February, this is our second month being married, but we're dating for about five years um, and things like that. So actually, it's uh, very, very different, but I'm loving it. I'm loving marriage. That's great. Uh, you know, uh, I feel like when I first became a youth pastor, it was like right after I got married. It's almost like that's the qualification just so that they know that you're not a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's like as soon as I saw you with a girl, like, oh, okay, he's not a creepster. Let's let's hire <laughs> let's hire him. Um, that's great, man. And and now that you've been married, it's only been, you know, about a, a, a two months or so. Um, how has that been? Uh has it been do you feel like there's been a shift in how ministry feels for you um now that you're married? Um you know what? I do feel a whole lot more comfortable, kind of like you've mentioned, you know, you're, you know, you're single and, and definitely some people, it does kind of feel like you're the weirdo um, and things like that. <laughs> um, but now actually it feels like every time, like, hey, we're inviting people into our house, like, hey, you know, I'm saying, hey, me and my wife's house, you know, it's not right. just like my house um, and things like that. So it feels way more easier uh, to be able to talk with parents. And I just feel like it just brings such a sense of just confidence, like, hey, this guy isn't just weird and he's stalking or anything like that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, too, it just kind of brings a sense of stability. Um, yeah. It's like even just like the traditional uh, like marriage, con- traditional like nuclear family, just without saying it, it just provides us this sense of security, even when we're just like yeah. trying to trust people with um, with our kids or anything else. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, you know, let, uh, let's get right into it. You've been in ministry. Uh, you've, I feel like you have a good scope as far as like being in different types of churches. Uh, you were yeah. at uh, a church in Bat- a non-denominational church in Baton Rouge for so long, completely yeah. different culture to what you were used Big to. Time. You're more so like, uh, raised, uh, within the, the Hispanic Latino culture and then Baton Rouge, I don't even know what kind of culture that, that church was, but it's, it's more of like a mix of, of Anglo and Black culture. Um, how was that transition for you um, going from that, the, the, the Hispanic culture shift to, to that, that different church culture? Man, it was, it was definitely a whole lot more different. Um, just, I just love the thing about Baton Rouge, just there was so much variety and so much to do. And there's all these different opportunities. But then coming back to Del Rio, it was um, not a culture shock, but it was just kind of weird because I just felt like everything just got slammed on the brakes. Like there was all this variety of things to do. And then you come to Del Rio and it's just like, okay, what do I do? You know, I really didn't have anything really to do that much because it just really didn't have Del Rio. It's a small border city. 
And uh, if you go to our malls, everything is closed. There's not really varieties to do anything here. Um, right. And so it's very challenging to just kind of like work within um, being in kids ministry. I feel like Del Rio is more, uh, more kids ministry oriented than youth ministry oriented. Um, and so for me, kind of transitioning into youth ministry was just like, man, like, where is things for the youth? There's like such a big gap. Like our summers are full of just um, mad kids ministry, VBSs and all these different things, sports activities. But then youth are just like, okay, what's going on? Um, but it, it's very, it was very, it's very challenging still. You know, you don't have like the variety of uh, mentors and friends and you do in a smaller city because everything's kind of just like, man, it's just like almost like a desert, dude, you know, um, and things like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I never even really thought about that. Did you ever feel like a sense of um, almost like discouragement going from the, the, the church you were serving at in Louisiana was thousands of people, and then you, you come to uh, start doing children's ministry in a church with only a couple hundred people? What, what was that like for you? Do you feel like it was, uh, you, you feel like kind of deflated? Did you feel motivated at the smaller crowd? What was that like? You know, I felt coming back, I was motivated, like, man, I'm going to be the blessing to the city and everything like that. But then um, I felt like over a season, the balloon just popped. And I'm like, what am I doing? Because there's just so much things where it's just, I'm like, man, like the kids ministry was growing and things like that. And then I don't know, I just such a a small city people start saying things and like oh man I don't like this about this and they just start leaving um, and things like that and so it just it did get started getting a little discouraging for a little bit because I'm like man you know it's like it's such a small city you know I think everybody's desire is you know what I always reference it to I, I think it who it was it was uh man who was it he was from the tribe of Benjamin and uh, he was the smallest of the clans and I always felt like, man, like, what can God do in such a small city? Because you see all these different types of people where it's just like, man, everything is bigger and it's better. And when you come from a smaller city, it's just like, what am I supposed to do when your options are few? Yeah. And so it was really kind of discouraging for a season because I'm like, man, you know, I see all these people doing all these things on Instagram and all that stuff. And then I'm like, man, what about it here? You know, our Again, we hardly have anything, but we're always striving to do more things uh, for the youth. Yeah, you know, I, I think you touched on something really unique too. I think a lot of young leaders, when they go into ministry, they're almost like uh, really caught off guard and blessed yeah. with the surprise of of kind of like church politics and even yeah. um, like just the idea of like, oh, well, we're we're doing an event, and you think yeah. like oh, this is great. Everyone would support this event that we're yeah. trying, you know, we're just trying to do our best. And then you yeah. realize that people just simply disagree with you or like, you know, yeah. I, I remember a time even just doing a, like a time of church was doing like a, a Christmas parade and people were pissed that they were wearing Santa hats. <laughs> and it's like, you don't necessarily, as a young leader, you don't expect uh, the things for people to be mad about. How, how did you overcome that early on and even now? Man, that, that is such a great question. Um, the way to overcome that, I feel, as I was just thinking, I was like, man, I felt like early on, I just remember in one of our last classes of the, the Ministry Training Institute, and uh, one thing that it was somebody said, and it really caught on to me, was because, um, you know, when you go back and you serve in your church, 
one thing that really stayed with me is don't be, don't get offended. And for me, like, I know it's just so like, it's so easier said than done, but learning the power of forgiveness in knowing that people are broken and people are hurting. And that doesn't mean that I have to be the, my response has to be the same as well. So I had to learn how to forgive people who feel, make me feel like, man, like great question of, yeah. you know, a, a Christmas parade. You know, I, we had this great idea. Hey, we want to do this Christmas parade. It's funny that you said that because it happened with me too uh, when I was in kids ministry. <laughs> and I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then some lady out of maybe like 30 parents was like, well, what about Jesus? And I was like, uh, and it like completely, the whole room just felt like it sank on me. And I was like, man, why did she have to say that? But learning how to forgive people has probably been one of the most biggest things that I've had to learn living in a small border city because we live in a moment where it's opinion oriented and things like that. But I felt like that really helped me to understand that I don't know what they're going through, but I can choose to respond out of forgiveness and saying, you know what, hey, what you said to me doesn't mean that I, that makes me have to feel discouraged or hurt. Wow, that's so good. I, I love how you 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 bring it to this place of trying to not take it personal um yeah and just like knowing that each person is just like they're only seeing one way at the time and even like that scenario saying like what about jesus like the whole thing is for jesus like everything we're doing <laughs> is for jesus what do yeah. you need and yeah. it's it's funny how it, it feels like you have to constantly say uh certain things that that don't necessarily have to be said sometimes yeah um, in order to cater to those almost who who are more so trying to hold on uh, it almost feels like hold on to a sense of superiority like i yeah. i thought about this more than anybody else like that's yeah. why i feel like sometimes uh the way people think is like they're trying yeah. to find something um and i feel like how you described it was like not taking it personal that that's like really yeah. key and to being able to still minister to people because I, I remember yeah. the first time i had like a, a, a an obstacle like that and honestly, I mean, honestly, the first, uh, I remember just critically thinking about it for a moment. Again, I was new to Christ and new to, I didn't, yeah. was never raised in church, but I remember the first th time that I had a real like problematic meeting and someone stepped out of the room and I, I started and they were about to come back in. And I thought, as soon as I get back in, this will solve everything. I'm going to get up and I'm going to deck them right in the mouth. I'm going to just punch him <laughs> as hard as I could and knock him out. And then I was like, that will fix everything. And I genuinely thought that I said, some people just need to get beat up one time. Um, but that's <laughs> thank God that the Holy spirit uh, uh, revealed to me that, that, that would only make people feel confirmed <laughs> yeah. in any negative th thought they had, you know, th that leads me to ask, you know, when it comes to trying to not take things personal, and when it comes to even uh, like the, there's so much exchange. And again, I feel like a lot of young leaders are surprised when they go into ministry and they, they, they've had like all this time on their own before entering ministry to think yeah. of their best ideas. And then they get into ministry and they realize either that idea has already been tried before or mm -hmm. not everyone thinks it's a great idea. Or that it's going to just like, oh, well, we'll think about it. We're going to wait on that. And, and there's so much, there's almost like a, like how you described at the beginning, like a dead stop. Um, yeah. when you feel like you are so ambitious and so ready to go. And uh, 
for you personally, I feel like you're you're one of the most loyal people I know. Like you, you are so loyal to what you are a part of, whatever church yeah. you're a part of. Even even when you feel like you disagree with something, you would you don't voice it. You're such a loyal person. Yeah. How do you navigate that loyalty within your within yourself or within your team? How do you how do you uh, overcome like even personal dis- discouragement while yeah. still being loyal? I know that's a big question, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, what 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 comes to mind is um, I'm a big person who I I need to know, and I always pray, God, what is the season that I'm in? Um, because for me, Great. I feel like knowing my season of where I'm in, like I know I've shared with you a couple times behind the scenes of like, hey, this is where I really feel like our last year here, you know, because like I just really feel in these moments where when I feel like times are getting tough, I know that those aren't, um, how would I say it? Because what I, what comes to mind is like, hey, I'm not doing it for man, I'm doing it for God. And I know for me in this season, in this moment of when I feel like I'm getting challenged in different aspects, I know that there's one thing, for instance, kids in youth ministry, you know, I was able to share this with a couple of our students last week, that there's times where I do get discouraged in working in youth ministry because our youth ministry is going through this crazy transition of after COVID, we had 50, 60 kids, and then it just immediately dropped to 15 to 20. And yeah. so that's discouraging. And you're feeling, okay, well, God, do I need to change my season? No. But the biggest thing that I really feel in the moment is when I felt in that moment, I just felt like, what God is speaking to me is that God does his best work with a few than he does with the masses. Because if you look at John chapter four, it talked about the woman, Jesus with a Samaritan woman, Jesus wanting some water from the well. And then long story short, you can check it out for yourself is um, Jesus told her the whole story of her life. And a few uh, verses later in verse 39, it says many Samaritans believe because of what Jesus told her story. And I feel like because of that, I've had to learn to be faithful with a little that I have and just to say, you know what, I'm not here because somebody else tells me I'm here because God has told me to be here because I have an assignment and I want to learn. I want to be able to say and go to heaven that, you know what, I was good and faithful because I feel like we live in a time where, man, if we have a little, then we're sucking at life. We're not. It's about handling and being faithful with a few and just really taking that moment and say, you know what, God? I remember going up from a broken home and, and I just really felt, and I even shared this with my students last week was I want to be a better father the way, than the way that my father fathered me because I stay because I want to be able to be a consistent person who's speaking life into them because if not, who else? So I know for me in that season right now that I'm in is I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to pour my heart out and continue to go and continue to go until the Lord tells me otherwise. That's so good, Eric. And I feel like what you're describing too is just like having the right heart going into ministry. Right. And I feel like there's a mix of motivation when it comes to young leaders who have this ambition to be a, a, a leader in ministry or whatever capacity. Yeah. And sometimes that that ambition is more so motivated by everyone should hear what I have to say. Um, yeah, I, I could say that better. It's like, it's more of a me focus rather than Correct. how can I serve focus. And, it, and I've seen so many times, like even when I was a youth pastor, there'd be like countless times where someone would come and 
and say, oh, I, I love working with students. I have such a passion for the youth. And I, uh, I, I think I have a great message to share. And, I, and I'll just mm -hmm. respond saying, oh, thanks for the enthusiasm. I'm so glad you're yeah. passionate. Can you help set up chairs? <laughs> and like, that would last like one to three times, not yeah. much longer than that. And they would stop coming because their heart wasn't to serve the ministry. Their heart was to serve themselves. Yeah. And I feel like so many people, it's not that they're have these wicked hearts, but they Correct. have their 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 motivations in the wrong place. And yeah. it, it just takes a I mean, there's just like you're saying, there's so many times where it, you you may have the greatest message, but you're not yeah. gonna feel great when you when you only have two people show up, <laughs> when you have you know yeah. uh, half of what the last person had, it, it feels very discouraging. Yeah. And so a lot of people they they get that and then they look around like, well, this isn't what I thought. And then they bail on ministry and mm -hmm. it's, it, it, there's so much potential within them yeah. that they would have caught the right heart at the beginning. And I think that's so key to what you're saying is having the right heart at the beginning. It's not yeah. just to keep you out forever. It's just so yeah. that you can endure in the moments mm -hmm. that you're going to struggle in ministry. Uh, that, that's so, good. I love how you said that. Um, and if there's anything I can share, um, you know, one thing for me too, that really helps for me is, um, I think it was in 2020, 2020 in youth ministry, I, I began to apply a verse for me was, uh, John 3:30. one of my favorite verses, anytime that I get to speak, because I, I do this as a heart check for me. It says in John 3, 30, it's necessary for him to increase and for me to diminish. So when I go up and I speak or anything, is it the ambition? Is it for me or is it for Jesus? Who do I want people to see reflected in my life? And I think a lot of the times I'm, I'm a failure in that too, of doing a youth ministry. You know, I want people to hear my messages. I want people to hear what I have to say. And I begin to see students as numbers and not as names and souls. And I think that that is important for young leaders to have that understanding that these, let's just say Gen Z or the young, you know, the youth, you know, they want to build an established community. They don't want to just come and just hear you speak. You know, they yeah. want to see them be able to be implemented. They want to hear others their age speak. You know, I think we live in that time where we have to empower other people and not everything's about you. And I think yeah. that that's kind of just operating out of a heart of humility because that's what literally what ministry is. It's service. It's not yeah. look at me. It's service. Yeah, that's so good. And, and that requires, just like you said in that verse, a death to self. And I, yeah. I think about, I think about two things. I think about one of how how often you have to die to yourself when you don't feel like showing up that day. Like at the beginning, when you're given the first chance Real. to speak, it's like you'd move heaven and earth to get there and use the microphone. But then after doing it for a while, it, it loses that little bit of luster. And all of a sudden yeah. you just have a bad day and you definitely, you just don't feel like speaking. You don't <laughs> feel like ministering or you get yeah. sick or you just like, you you had a late night and you're tired or you're just in a bad yeah. mood and there's so many things that come up and when you don't have that that heart check you don't show up and then yeah. i've seen it time and time again people who don't show up and people's faith are damaged by it and, and the, the second thing that i think about when you talk about this death to self is i feel like the speaking part of ministry the face of ministry that we give is like so minuscule it's less than 20 percent the other 80 percent is really about just practical service of people and are you talking about like servicing like in the way of like providing community 
Like yeah. that, that is not necessarily uh, an elegant thing to do. It's not uh, a pretty thing. Like the stage, yeah. it may seem pretty at times besides what happens in the preparation of for the stage. Yeah. But the the part of like trying to delegate community and, and what I've seen with you is that you're really good at like taking people within your group and delegating authority and helping them to be yeah. extensions of, in a sense, like shepherding the people yeah. to where it's not just about you. You're you're literally using other people so that uh, uh so that no one gets left out from the sense of yeah. community. And that's such a powerful aspect of leadership that goes overlooked is like the simple aspect of organizing, delegating people and, and yeah. allowing them to be extensions of Christ or even extensions of yourself without you getting any credit for it. And so that's I, I love that. That's beautiful, man. Um it makes me think, you know, when you're deciding, uh, when you're looking at people, because I, I, I've known you to, you're really good at choosing people um, to to start kind of banding arms with and, and serving and volunteering within ministry. How, what characteristics or skills would you, would you suggest for someone to look for? Or what characteristics or skills, maybe there's someone listening to this and they're like at ground zero and they're just mm-hmm. now starting to have a heart for leadership or like they want to get be a part of the volunteer team and mm-hmm. they're they're trying to just kind of like figure things out what characteristics or skills would you suggest them to focus on in this moment mm-hmm. of their life to move ahead man what comes to mind is um man i just had this conversation with somebody else maybe a couple of weeks ago and um i would choose hard over talent any day um, because I feel like a lot of times we can have people with these amazing giftings, you know, they can influence people in crowds, but you treat them the wrong way and they'll bail with everybody that, that they influenced. Um, so for me, I'm always checking their heart. Hey, how's everything going? You know, I, I want that from them. I, I look for teachability. Hey, are they teachable? Are they hungry? You know, um, right now again, kind of like our youth ministries in this crazy transition where um, you don't know how hard it is to delegate and empower people because I'm a really great person where like I got the ball and I'm running with it and I'm better by myself. So it's a really big discipline for me uh, to do that and really empower others. Um, So again, I just think the biggest thing if I could share was choose heart over talent. Really have people who have your heart who want your heart. So like anytime when I'm talking to people who um, want to join the youth ministry, I look for four things. Um, the very first one, part of our, of who we are and our values, we, we value community. You know, we believe that we're better together and I'm not to do life alone. So I want people to exemplify, how are you making people feel welcome and known in community? The second one is discipleship. We value, hey, it's okay to not be okay, but not okay to stay there. We want to create a healthy environment or community for students so that it's going to open up their heart for us to really just kind of help and share with them. So I want people to say, hey, can you love people? That's another thing. And the third one is empowerment. Hey, we want to empower and mobilize the generation into ministry. Hey, how are you empowering people? You know, and the, the last aspect is fun. We want people to have fun. Are you fun? Because I think that that's yeah. something for me that I always look for is, hey, can you have people feel welcome and known? You're not just showing up just because it's a duty. I want it to be a, create a space for ministry that it is a delight and that people love. Yeah, you know, that's so good. 
um, Eric, and it, it's like, I like how you bring in really the core values of your ministry is what defines yeah. like who you want to help lead it. It's like people who exemplify yeah. these qualities. And I feel like a lot of ministries when they, when they put like, they kind of like slap on core values and don't ever think about them again. Like it's, yeah. it's like, I don't know how many ministries I've been a part of or I've seen where it's like excellence is a core value and everything is done like real sloppy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like yeah. so sloppy. You'd never really think that excellence is something that they strive for. And uh, it, it was more so that what I found is like when people put excellence, it's more so that they want to appear to have their stuff mm-hmm. together. But Correct. real excellence is done in the in-between, is like done in the Correct. details. It's it's produced in excellence. And so as you like make your core values, it's it's like you could tell that it's a part of who you are. And I think exactly. that really gives a, a great example for like any young leader if yeah. they're thinking about like, well, how can I how can I get even like notice in my church? Why I don't go to a small church, I go to a big church and I've been showing up and I don't really know how to, in a sense, get uh, like, I don't know what they want. And what you're showing is like, man, we're really looking for people who exemplify what we believe in, who exemplify these values. And I think you said it best that you choose heart over talent any day. And even for myself, I think about like, uh, after 13 years, I feel like there's certain things that have risen to the top. You know, it's like you go through yeah. these fires in ministry and you start off with uh, things that you think are important. Like I started off where I thought that at the beginning, I thought one of the biggest qualities was competence. And mm-hmm. I feel like now it's like competence can be taught. <laughs> like, that, it's not as important to me. And like for yeah. me personally, like the three qualities I think of that are so important are uh is like you said heart i i would use a word uh even loyalty like loyalty yeah, to the vision time. of the church loyalty to the people you're serving like loyalty is so important and the the second thing i would uh put is um is even having a a, a emotional maturity or even yeah, like i would big time. make it a synonym of like teachability and there's it's just uh like all the volunteers I've had over the years or all the people that I've, I've even like, I feel like the people I poured into the most ended up bailing. <laughs> and then the people that, the people that uh, I, I feel like I would just almost like give like scraps to when it came to my leadership, they were mm-hmm. often the most grateful. And so I had yeah. my, like my interests or what I was focusing on flipped to where the best was, it's like the scripture Jesus uses, you throw yeah. your pearls to pigs and you're giving yeah. like the best of you to people who are going to trample over it. And that's why yeah. it's so important to have these qualities um, and, and like emotional maturity, being able to, to even like yeah. gently, uh, humbly tell somebody like, Hey, this, this was wrong here. We need to work on that. And yeah. then not bail and leave you for it. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know how many times that have happened where I was like in shock and surprise, like, wow, like I thought that they had the emotional maturity to be able to handle yeah. like a friendly relationship as well as like a leadership relationship. And, yeah. and they simply didn't. And, and so again, I, I really resonate with you in, in these like qualities that you're describing. Um, it, how about this? What, what would be for someone just starting out what would be uh, one question that you wish you would have asked earlier 
at the beginning of ministry? What's one question Man. that you wish you would have asked? Um, man, that's a I great know. question. <laughs> um, one question I would have asked, man, I, I wish I would have asked, I guess myself or man, not to take myself so seriously. Mm, that's because so good. Like, I feel like for me as a person, the reason why I say don't take yourself so seriously, because I feel like a lot of the times leading in ministry, I feel one thing that God has been really speaking into my heart was my worth is not my work. Because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the times we attach our worth to our work. Well, if let's just say my ministry is small, I don't have the highest numbers in attendance like the other church down the road. You know, we feel like well, then I'm a failure and I and I and I'm just not doing something right. But my worth isn't attached to that. My worth comes from knowing who Jesus says that I am, not what man says. And I feel like that is so important for young people and leaders. Myself, I'm still learning this, is knowing that, hey, I could be confident in my calling and who God's calling me to be. You know, it's really funny that you've been asking me this too, because um, it was a couple of days ago, I saw this maybe 10, 13 year old kid, and he was preaching with so much like anointing and with confidence. And I was like, dude, look at this kid go. And it's I feel like, like a that TikTok moment, video, right? Like some, yeah. some little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I, God spoke to me through that moment. I'm like, this kid has two things. He has confidence and he has calling. And I think a lot of leaders have calling, but they don't have confidence. Yeah. And for me, that's the thing. I feel like when you put confidence and calling together, there's something that powerful that begins to happen is us as leaders. And I just think that a lot of the things that I just really wish kind of going back forward and ask my question to that person when it is would be even man how do I be more confident in myself when I feel I struggle with insecurities or unworthiness you know yeah. because you just don't know my background or maybe I have church hurt or anything like that and so how am I supposed to be confident in my calling I really wish I would ask that question how to be confident in my calling that's great man I love how you started off by saying not taking yourself so seriously and when yeah. we especially when we compare um, it, it makes you feel like you're doing something wrong. It, it just, it feeds that imposter syndrome that you're yeah. just like, really, you're just pretending to be a minister it, when you compare it to other people and correct. And like how to be confident of where you're at in your season. It's like, yeah. uh, it, I feel like for me too, I really relate in the sense of I, so many times I'd be the youngest person in the room with all of these other ministry leaders, um, these other pastors, even now as a senior pastor of a church, I'm often the youngest one in the room. And they, pe people usually think I'm the youth pastor at some other church. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's about like understanding where you're at. Like, Hey, I'm just getting started. It, yeah. like, it's okay for me to not know what I don't know. And I'm just yeah. I, to be humble enough to figure things out and, and not, yeah not thinking that you have to wear this label of like being any, anything that you're in for over 10 years, you're, you are technically a professional, but it's like after 13 years, I don't necessarily always feel like a professional. <laughs> no. it, it's like, it's, there's people, times where people are like, wow, your, your stuff looks really good. It looks excellent. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, didn't even, I, I like barely uh, found that a way to put that together. It's, and it's really just about, allowing yourself to be confident with whatever season you're at and not yeah. trying to compare not trying to uh not trying to believe that you're just always supposed to be 
at three steps ahead and that you're behind. Yeah. Uh, and just really owning like whatever stage you're in and just knowing that on your journey, you're going to get there. Like you'll get to where you want to be Correct. if you continue to, you continue to grow yourself, continue to work on yourself. But if you continue to like self-sabotage by, uh, by yeah. filling your mind with that imposter syndrome, it, you're going to, what I find is that most young leaders end up quitting because they're so, yeah. um, that, that confidence is so such a struggle. That imposter syndrome is so real that yeah. they quit before they can ever become great. It's like, I feel like most Correct. people are pretty good are good on a, on a, on a basic level. It's like, you're good enough yeah. and they want to be great before they have the, the experience to be great. And Correct. I, just like, man, you're just really hitting it. Just really not taking yourself so serious. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and so uh, more on a, a practical level, say, uh, I feel like you, you're giving really good advice for someone's mind to be right, for their heart to be right. You're giving great advice. What kind of advice would you give to someone like just starting out on a practical level, whether it's um, like they're a young leader, how can they grow themselves in practical ways? Man, um, man, I, I just started learning this in 2020. Um, I read it through a book called Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pastor Pete Scazzaro. Um, there's so much power in investing in yourself. Yeah. You know, there's, it's nobody else's responsibility than yours. And so for me, I, I would challenge you to develop yourself. Maybe you have calling to be in a certain position to ministry or an organization, but it doesn't mean you can't prepare for it. So the biggest thing for me that where I would start is first start with yourself. And for me, the things that I work on practically is three things. Hey, how's my physical life? You know, am I exercising? What am I eating? I know that sounds kind of maybe kind of crazy or anything like that, but I feel like that's important. You need to learn to be healthy. The second one is how's your mental life? You know, hey, what am I investing in right now? What books am I reading? What podcasts? I'm a big podcaster. You know, in a smaller city where I'm at, there's not really a variety of mentors like San Antonio and uh, all these bigger cities and things like that. You know, so I've had to learn the power of personal investment in myself, physically, mentally, and even spiritually. How's my devotional life look like? You know, how's my Bible reading? How's my prayer time? Because I feel like that is important for us as leaders to be because we could not give on an empty cup. And I feel like a lot of the times we think, oh, I just need to go, I need to serve, I need to serve. And I think yeah. sometimes it's okay to be a little bit selfish and invest in yourself. And for me, this season for me is a little bit more different. You know, now it's, I'm married now and things like that. So I'm like, God, like now I have to learn to really take care of myself because like, hey, I can't bring the baggage of, that sounded really bad, uh, but the baggage of ministry, you know, or the things that happens, you know, into my marriage now, you know, I want to keep ministry with ministry and marriage, and I'm going to be there mentally, but I would really say, do not despise really taking the discipline of those three things of, hey, where's my mental health, my spiritual health, and my physical health, and I feel like that's something that's done in secret that nobody will know, but I'm telling you, it'll pay off, and the reward will come over time. Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like all those three things really help work on your emotional health too. It's like, yeah, uh, even just like working out, it really helps you to yeah. emotionally um, handle yourself and kind of like thinking backwards yeah. to what you said, um, like the spiritual health. I, I feel like I was surprised at the lack of spiritual devotion 
uh, I would see in other leaders in ministry. Um, and yeah. I, I think that it's, it's almost like surprising because at first glance, you think like, well, of course, that, like you're going to be spiritually devoted. That's what like your job. Yeah. But yeah. You, I think a lot of leaders, once they get started, they get almost like surprised of how much practical work yeah. goes into organizing and preparing a message. And even for me, like just preparing a yeah. message, not even the organizational part about uh, uh, preparing volunteers and, and communicating with people and planning, but even just like preparing a message, it can it can often turn yeah. into a, a very like non-spiritual job to where yeah. there's been entire messages where I'd create and I felt like it was just, uh, I, I just created like a historical accounts. <laughs> like I just created like <laughs> a fact sheet and I didn't really create a spiritual message. And it was because I, I was not tapping into that spiritual devotion. And there's been times where mm -hmm. I throw out like the entire, I spent like four hours on it. I was like, dude, this is crap. <laughs> and I'll just throw it out. I just felt like wrong providing something that was just not, that didn't have the spiritual part. And then I would like, instead yeah. of, I would have a mind shift and I'd say, instead of me trying to appear smart, appear like I know everything, let me just, yeah. instead of taking all this time to, to research and study, let me actually just take that same amount of time to pray and worship mm -hmm. instead, and then yeah. go back to it. And I would like kind of have this reset moment and, and go into prayer and worship. And after that time, I feel like it would just like flow through me. And it's like, it, yeah. I would get so much more like a spiritual, powerful message from just trusting in the Holy Spirit through that prayer and worship yeah. than when I was trying to research and appear smart by, and don't get me wrong, like we, it's great to study and, and research, yeah. like that's all applicable, but I feel like it flows so much better when you have that spiritual health. And then yeah. going into the, how you were talking about the mental health, it it's like we we get so caught up in our heads, like what you're talking about before, the imposter yeah. syndrome, the confidence. And even when you start uh, thinking about like, I, I wonder if these people are talking bad about me. I wonder, it's like, there's so much gossip that, that grows yeah. in, within churches and ministry. I mean, any workplace, but it's like Correct. even mentally, you could start, it, it could start seeping into everything else when you have like this negative, uh, this negative attitude, this negative yeah. thought life. And even for like leadership, when you develop, when you, when you allow yourself to, to take that natural course of negativity, like that we're yeah. cynical at heart. I feel like most people are, we're naturally pessimistic. We're naturally yeah. depressed. And so when you allow that to be your attitude, I mean, it, it just, it just gets communicated to the rest yeah. of everybody else. It's like when you, when you're disappointed or discouraged within ministry, when you're yeah. making an announcement for the church, you're just like, well, I mean, this is just what we have to do. It sucks. And yeah, I don't know what we're going to do after this. It's like, you, like no hope yeah. <laughs> It's like you lose that, the, the ability to communicate effectively and, yeah. and to inspire when your mind is not right. And the physical yeah. health, I mean, shoot, <laughs> I feel like the older I get, the, the more and more I'm just like, I don't know, I, maybe I don't want to hold this to be that important. But our physical health, I mean, yeah. even uh, even like the philosophers of, of Plato's day, they were uh, like uh, athletes, they were Olympians, and they're, they have created so much philosophical ideas based off of how your your mind reacts to your body and just yeah. having like the right physical health will compel you to have the right mental health the right spiritual sure. health but when 
even just like with sleep, it, that's a physical health thing. And if you're staying up all night, just, you know, playing games or chilling or doing whatever, you're not yeah. going to get up in time to have that spiritual devotion. Yeah, no. and It's like that physical health is really about living, learning like a disciplined lifestyle and in just a simple, healthy sense. Like when I eat yeah. nasty, I feel like it, I just feel like it affects the rest of me. It affects For the rest sure. of my day. And, and it, it literally affects like my lethargicness or energy of when it comes time to do the spiritual stuff and yeah. uh, let alone like having to like perform and do a message and, and actually have the heart to it. It takes, it really takes a, a physical level to yeah. demonstrate and like project a message to people in, in a way that can inspire. I could say the exact same message without good physical health and just monotone without any enunciation yeah. And even though it's totally spiritual, I could say the exact same things. It will be less received. And if we want to take ministry seriously, we should try our very best, be good stewards. And yeah. when I have like the physical momentum to like give it all I got that that message within that ministry time, it, it's like received exponentially. And, and God uses all parts of our lives to be able yeah. to minister to these people. So I, I love how you just gave this great, yeah. well-rounded uh, an idea of how to work on uh, one can start just really taking themselves uh i like how you said like don't take yourself so seriously and yeah. this is like the idea of taking yourself seriously but in correct. the sense of being disciplined and, and, and getting your life in order that's great let me ask you one last question um before we wrap up today and that is what is the greatest change that you've made as a leader and, and that's a big one <laughs> Um, I feel the greatest change that I have made as a leader is one thing that I, I just recently started getting, um, a mentor came in, into my life again, um, Hedda, and, um, and I feel like the biggest thing that he's really taught me and what I've really changed, it's in, I feel like it kind of goes on the spiritual side of, you know, how your devotional life and reading and prayer is don't estimate the power of rest. I feel like rest was important for me that really helped me as a leader because I feel like we live in this hustle culture. We got to go, 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 go. We got to do more for the kingdom of God. We got to do more. We got to do more. But rest didn't, doesn't mean just binging Netflix and video games and things like that, but taking rest as, you know what, I'm just going to sit and just listen to what God wants to say. Yeah. And I feel like those are moments for me that has really changed my life because I guess you'd pause with a purpose instead of being distracted of, oh man, I got to work on this tomorrow. I got to do this. You know what? I'm just going to forget about everything else. I'm going to enjoy this moment and I'm just going to rest. And I feel like because of that, I've been able to work out of rest and not of reaction because of, oh man, you know, I just got to do that. I got to do that. And then, and then what happens for me is I, I begin to overthink and I'm like, no, I have, sometimes I have to literally shut my mind up because I'm a thinker. Like my body can be rested, my body, but my mind will keep racing and going. I have to do this. I got to do this. But then when I come to rest, I can just say, you know what, God, it's, I put it all on you and everything's yeah. going to be okay. And I feel like that has really changed the area of the way I work in ministry and not taking my time of prayer because of God, well, I need you to pray because I need you to bless my ministry. But God, you know what? I want to take time because I'm your son. 
I am your son. And because of those times of rest, I've been able to understand that there's something powerful knowing that I am God's son and I can work under his approval and not a man's. And that has really helped me to understand that through a time of rest for me. That's so powerful. And, and I feel like even as you're talking about rest, I feel like for the longest time for me, when I would hear leaders talk about rest, I often, I feel like I would get this misunderstanding about it, this misconception mm-hmm. and thinking that you just need to do less. You just need to do yeah. less. And, and the way that you're talking about it is, is almost like the times where like you have a big decision and you need to just like rest on it. Yeah. And it, like even for me recently, I had this, this really life-changing opportunity that I was trying to decide whether or not I should take this opportunity or if it wasn't for me. And it was going to, it was going to affect my life, my family's life, my, my marriage, my church, my ministry is like a really big decision. And I feel like just a couple years ago, I would just, I would have made the decision by the end of the day, or maybe the next, if I really was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to rest, I would make it the next day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was just, uh, it's, I feel like this is the first time for me. I like really let it rest in my heart, rest yeah. in my spirit, rest in my mind. And I, I took over a week of just like really waiting on it and, and praying about it. And one day I would, I would cons- act as if I was going to take the opportunity. And the next day I yeah. would act as if I wasn't going to take the opportunity. Mm. And, and rather than just being like this tornado of emotions and curiosity yeah. and like, oh, well, what if I do this? But what if it, this happens? What if, what if? And you get like restless <laughs> when you're just like so focused. And so, so not even focused, but like, just like this tornado of thoughts about this one thing and man just resting about it and there'd be some days where i was like you know what i think i should just take the opportunity and then the next day i would feel the exact opposite and i was like man see i need to take more time to rest on this i'm 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 not decided on it and i feel like for even just like acknowledging for anyone who's listening to i think that it it should it must be accounted of like what season we're into like Correct. when you look at your you're 13 years in ministry, it's not like you just started, even though oftentimes I feel like e- even for me, when I'm yeah, like, just I'm like it was a church planter, <laughs> I, I, I realized even on our website for our church is like, we're a new church. I was like, well, we're actually a five-year-old church now. <laughs> it's like that five years goes by so fast. We yeah. still feel like we're, we're just getting started sometimes, but you've been in ministry for 13 years and now you're realizing this, this different level of rest. I think for anyone listening to this, that they should recognize what stage they're in. Because I think that at the beginning of ministry, I think a lot of leaders misinterpret, a lot of young leaders, a lot of young leaders who are just starting out, they misinterpret what that rest means. And they think that they should be saying no to things or a a lot more than they should. It's like, uh, I feel like when you're just starting out, it's almost like you you need to be tenacious. You need to be aggressive in getting something off the ground and it's it's after you get something established where you have to realize like i need to take a step back like 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 for me i'll find myself i put my kids down i've already been working all day and i'll i'll tell myself i'm gonna just work on this one last thing it's eight o'clock at night i'm gonna just do this for an hour and i'll be done and all of a sudden, my wife's like kicking me saying, when are you going to get up? It's time for bed. I look, it's 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, man, I just, where did the time go? It's like, now I'm just like yeah. you. It's like, I, I need to rest because I'm going to go crazy. But it's like, when you're yeah. just getting started out, there's, it's like you need so much tenacity. You need so Correct. much 
uh, aggressiveness. If I think about even like with you, when you first started out ministry, like you went to a ministry right after high school, you go through a ministry internship to where five days a week you were going yeah. to uh, on-campus, on-site clubs at middle schools, high schools, and you're yeah. ministering at six in the morning, in the afternoon, then you're going to uh, class and then you 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 have your own job. And you just yeah. like, you're just like grinding and grinding. <laughs> and then you finally finish this, this time. And you're like, all right, now I'm going to go to school. And you go through your associates and you're, and all the while, you're not only just serving in the church where you're required of, but I remember yeah. you, even, even when it's like exasperated ministry and we were scheduled to volunteer at this yeah. big mega church to volunteer at, at, at uh, the 11 o'clock service. You would yeah. go to the 9 a.m. service just to just to go, it, like yeah. just to be a part of the service to see if there's any other help. To yeah. it, it's like you were so like on, you were just on yeah. it and grinding in ministry. And I feel like when you're just starting out, like so many, so many young people think that they need to just like just kind of sit back and just wait for people to notice how great they are. It's like yeah. no, like most of it is just like you show up you just keep showing up and people are like Correct. hey we're so and so i don't know but this guy keeps showing up i feel like that's how i became yeah. a youth pastor it's just yeah. like i just kept showing up to, to <laughs> set up chairs and they just couldn't get rid of me as i was showing up in the parking lot i was showing up to in the youth department <laughs> i was showing up in all these areas to to serve and it's like yeah. well just put them somewhere it's like yeah it's so many young leaders they just do the opposite and they're like well Correct. i heard this message about rest and so I just don't want to overwhelm myself. I don't want to do too yeah. much because I have a part-time job that I work 20 hours a week at. And yeah. so I, I can't make it to church this week. And it's like, the, it's like, that's fine if you want to do that, but don't yeah. think that you're going to get any advancement in, in ministry leadership by putting in the back burner. Like it, it's almost like in a sense, like you earn that rest. I feel like after yeah. 13 years, like that's when you just start to pass the cusp of like earning yeah. that rest where like you... You need it. You need to because now you've you've created something stable, and once you create yeah. that that stability, it's like okay, now I need to rest so I can keep the like I can keep this this alive. Makes me yeah. think about kids. Like when I first have kids, like you get that baby, there's no rest at all. There's no rest whatsoever. They tell you sleep <laughs> when the baby sleeps. That's impossible. It's like all night you're up, and it's just it's so restless when you have yeah. something newly birthed but over time it's like now my 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 first my oldest two kids just started going to pre-k and i was like oh my gosh like i couldn't take a nap <laughs> in the middle of the day like like sometimes not all the time i'm usually you know still busy but <laughs> it's like it's like there's times where like i really want to continue doing work and i have to yeah. just do what you said and like sit back and like you know what i'm going to burn out if I don't yeah. rest today, I'm going to burn out if I don't take a nap. Like, and, and I feel like that's, that's what you're talking about. It's like, I've, I've had the babies though. <laughs> I've had the babies <laughs> that don't sleep. I've been yeah. crying. I've, there's all the nights of not sleeping at all. So it's like, I've earned this moment to have a nap. Yeah. And so I, I love how you said that and just like uh, identifying like where you're at in that rest yeah. and how like really you will burn out once yeah. you're working, it requires work to, to be in a place of burnout and in that place of burnout. If you don't rest, like you will burn out. And I think even like now that I'm getting older, 
I like physically have had burnouts where all of a sudden, like my eyes For stopped sure. working. It's like, whoa, like yep. I can't see straight. And it's because of being physically exhausted from work. And like my legs are giving out. Like I'm having like, yeah. a, uh, like not in a, a panic attack, but it's like my body is like, you're yeah. going to shut down right now because <laughs> you need a rest. And so many people, they think about resting before ever getting close to that spot. Big time. Uh, and, but rest is so important. So important. I love that. And it's to know that that is the greatest change you made as a leader. There's a moment that you got to that place and realized, okay, there's a transition I need to make as a leader. If I'm going to keep making it, uh, that's yeah. great, man. Any, do you have any last thoughts about, um, about what we're talking about today before we wrap up any final closing remarks that you want to share with anyone? Um, closing remarks. Um, other than, yeah, rest is important. Um, yeah. because you just reminded me of, um, you just reminded me of somebody who just recently, um, so at our church, we have a thing called hub groups. Those are small groups. And um, this girl came up to me and she just started saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be leading a group, but I also want to be attending this group and helping this person. And in my mind, I was like, I shared with her and um, I just said, you know, like, hey, just make sure you're not doing too much. But I just feel like what rest is, rest is saying, um, I'm going to take a day out of my week to just spend time with God, uh, almost yeah. like a boundary, like, hey, this is untouchable. I want to take a moment to just spend time with God, do some hobbies out of love to just, I guess, self-therapy, you know, for me, that's, I'm going to run and things like that. But then I, 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 when I shared with her that, and it was during our 20 days of prayer and fasting this year, and I was like, in my mind, I felt God shared with me, but I don't want to discourage this leader by telling her that because she may have a calling to ministry. And yeah. so I eventually went back to her and I said, hey, if you feel this is the thing to do, I'm not going to discourage you. And I yeah. think that it is so important for leaders to know your seasons because yeah. I really felt like, man, I could have easily discouraged her and say, you know what? Hey, you're just doing too much. You just need to rest, rest, rest. But sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes it's important to understand that, hey, I have a calling and this is where I feel like the season, like for me, I was in a season of rest, but right now I feel like my season is transitioning of, Hey, now it's time to go. Okay. Your yeah. season of rest, it's good and everything. You know, the Bible talks, I think it's Ecclesiastes, other seasons to do different things. Yeah. And I feel like it is important to also understand there's also seasons of sowing. There's so seasons of giving, you know, and I'm like, who am I to stand in the way of a person's calling, you know? And so I'm like, man, what can I do to really help people? And, and I think that that is important to understand if you're a leader and you're saying, Hey, you know what, maybe my season right now is Hey, maybe not to rest, but I, I would just say, hey, try to find at least a day, yeah. at least a day to just say, not just say, oh, I just can't show up to church because I'm resting. No, church is not yeah. a burden. It's a place of community. Yeah. You know, and I've seen people do that. Oh, I just need to oh, distance myself from the church. No, like, dude, that's the place where you get to meet with God's yeah. people and meet with God, you know, and I've seen that happen. But really, I would say, take that seriously and don't despise the process of where you're in because I feel like a lot of the times as young leaders, and I'm even guilty of it as well, is we know this big calling that God has for our life, but then we begin to compare ourselves with other people. I'm like, man, well, God, how come you're elevating them? But I just reminded of David. David was anointed to become king, but we often see the point A and point B. The point where I got called in the second part, point B would be, you know what, now he's the king. But nobody saw the seasons of what he went through. 
And those seasons are moments where we are to say, you know what, God, what can I learn other than, you know what, God, I'm just tired of church. They're not noticing me. They're not looking at me, man. Maybe I should try something else. It's like, no, like sometimes seasons are dirty. You know, there's seasons that are great seasons. There's hard seasons, but Hey, we don't quit. We don't give up. Yeah. That's so good, man. I, I love ending on that note, the thought of, of knowing what season you're in. Are you in the season to work on yourself, prepare yourself? Yeah. Uh, maybe like you need to, to have a season where you really just like working on your relationship and understanding of God. Yeah. Maybe it's a season for you to grind. It's your season to grind yeah. and grind and grind. And maybe you're entering a season of rest where you're like, you're right on the cusp right. of burnout. And God is like, all right, now that you work so hard, like, let's let's take a moment so i love that eric thank you so much for for speaking with us today and being on this podcast um where can people find you if they want to follow you online uh you can find me man my instagram is at the fields um so i don't know uh that's the only place (laughs) i have facebook at the fields um and things like that and um you can see a little bit what we're doing here in a small city called delrio texas and also homer thank you so much for the opportunity man um, I'm inspired for it with your faith and your ability to say, hey, I'm willing to leave everything in a small city to go start something great, man. And I think it's something uh, totally boss when you're the youngest person in the room, because <laughs> I, I really feel like, hey, when other people were comfortable, you decided to stand out and just to show up and to be daring to believe in God. And I truly believe that God's going to honor for you for that, man. So thank well, you're you. making me feel bashful. You're very flattering. Thanks, <laughs> Eric. Thank you for your support. And uh, I'll be sure to put uh, your at name in the, the show notes um, at the fields on Instagram. That's where he's uh, Eric is uh, usually most active. But thank you so much, man. You have a great rest of your day. Yeah, man. You too. And everyone All listening, right, have a good lo- <laughs> Yeah, everyone listening, have a good life. <laughs>